you're not alone. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and today's going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge of an episode. Uh, we kind of skipped one last week. Uh, I still have some family in town, so I've been doing with that. So this is going to be a little bit longer episode, but also at the same time, uh, we're going to cover some multiple topics. So with that, let's head into our first segment. List building with Joe. So for this week, I wanted to revisit the uh, Empire um, and also at the same time put a list together that uh, doesn't require a lot of cards. So this particular list requires a grand total of eight cards, and uh, it's using a ship that, uh, uh, gosh, I think is uh, bonkers good, just not played very much. So uh, let's let's go ahead and get into it. So we're going to start with uh, Squadron Pack Vader. So he's the one that comes with uh, hate ion missiles and afterburners, and he's the one that has the um, after you perform an action, you can spend a force to perform an additional action. Um, it's good card all around. Great for objectives. Uh, yeah. Next. We've got uh, same pack, but Merrick Steel, and this one comes with elusive outmaneuver and afterburners. And man, I think this card is um, underrated. Uh, at five points, it may seem a little bit expensive, but that elusive and outmaneuver, as well as afterburners on uh, Merrick Steel, is just nasty. Especially when you pair him with the next ship, which is Bomber Pack. Tomax Bren, who comes with True Grit, Plasma Torpedoes, and Ion Bombs. That one-two punch of Merrick Tomax is going to be nasty, especially if you can get the outmaneuver from Merrick as well. Um, just really has the potential for a lot of damage out there. And then for our last two ships, we've got some objective runners slash um, just good solid ships. And that's going to be Bomber Squad or Bomber Pack Deathfire, Swift Approach, Connernex, and Proton Bombs. And then the last ship rounding out, this is the only non-standard loadout ship in the list, and it's Lieutenant Lorier in the TIE Interceptor. And this time I've decided on Enduring, Targeting Computer, and Sensitive Controls. You can kind of load him out however you want, but having two dedicated objective nuisances, um, as well as with the solid punch of Vader and the 1-2 of Tomax Merrick's, um, I think just makes this a really solid list. And it kind of goes into the, um, the theme, if you've been listening to this podcast for more than one episode, if you take good pieces in a faction and put them all into count to 20 with them and you fly it well, you're going to do well in a tournament. And I think this list lives up to that. All right, let's head into the next segment. AMG Rules for. All right, we actually do have a new rule in the rules forum, so let's go ahead and take a look at that. It's Tomarat, blah, 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 blah. It's Tomax Bren, the TIE Bomber Expansion Ability and Lock. OP. Hello there. Tomax Bren from the TIE Bomber Expansion Pack 
can I make a barrel roll, then choose which ability I want to resolve first between the lock and the length action and the focus from his ability? I would tend to say yes, because both enter the ability queue at the same time, and both are the player effect, so that player can choose the order of resolution. Answer. Yes, both Tomax Brin's TBE pilot ability and the linked locked action trigger after performing the barrel roll action, and as such... Enter the ability queue in the order of the player's choosing. So there we go. Um, again, that if you can get that one, two of going back to that list, you uh, roll Tomax up, you do the barrel roll, focus, lock, and then you bring in uh, Merrick from the flank. Man, that could just be a nasty amount of damage that you're putting onto uh, a ship and not to mention taking a lot of shields off. So just something to think about. All right, let's head to the next segment. And now it's time for the main event. Okay, sorry, enough of that. It got stuck in my head, and now you all get to enjoy it as well. So, um, I had reached out uh, to the uh, local salt mines community via our Discord and asked for some ideas for some potential podcasts. Um, and the reason that this one's going to be a hodgepodge of different episodes, we got a bunch of stuff going on. So we've got the, the topic that was recommended to me from the local salt mines community. Uh, we've got LVO coming up this week. Uh, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We've got some Battle of Indoor uh, spoilers as well as some news with that. And then if we get into it, we might talk about... Um, early January store champ lists and see what's out there. So we'll, we'll kind of see. I'm going to put it all together and just go. But the first thing that I wanted to do was talk about that topic, which I haven't mentioned at this point, that was um, brought up in the Discord. So I'm just going to plug the Discord real quick before I get into that topic. If you like this podcast and you want to help shape future episodes of what I talk about, Please join our Discord. The link's in the show notes. And uh, we'd love to have you. Um, it's not a super active um, Discord server, but uh, there's some good information that gets put in there from time to time. And in addition, every week I load the question of the week and the list that I built into the podcast. So you can take a look at that and kind of feel free to tweak as you'd like or let me know what you think in the Discord. But we'll go into that topic, and that topic was, how do you build your X-Wing community? Um, because there's a lot of us that feel that the X-Wing community isn't dead, although it's at a little bit of a lull now. And there's, certain some, there's certainly some things that Asmodee and AMG could do to help build the community. But there's stuff that we can do as players that I think it's important that we do in order to build the community. So what is that? Well, the first thing that I'm going to talk about in regard to community building is things that I think AMG or Asmodee could do to help 
with this. Now this is going to be a little bit of challenging because uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that all the playtesters for X-Wing have been sacked or fired uh, due to some playtester release stuff that uh, or leaks that came out. Now I haven't been able to locate those, otherwise I'd talk about them a little bit. Um, but that's going to certainly put anything that was in production... Um, that's that's going to delay things for a while. So we need to be patient with the game um, as there. But what could AMG and Asmodee do to help grow the game? Well, the first thing is get the rest of the squadron packs out. We need to see... We need new players coming into the coming into the game where there is seven factions to be able to pick the faction of their choice from the start with all the stuff that they need and build from there. So there's still five factions left to go. We need to see uh, a scum pack. We need to see uh, CIS and Republic and Resistance and First Order. Uh, now, in some previous episodes, I've kind of speculated on what I think those would look like. Um, I'd be happy to be proven wrong because I'd just like to see them. I'd like to see what's out. Uh, I think that's probably the single biggest thing AMG or Asmodee could do to help grow the game. The next thing is new product. New product always helps. And it kind of ties in a little bit to that last one, but... Um, New ships, new store kits, um, creating a uh, competition in between the store champs and the... Um, uh, why am I blanking on what they're called? Um, like the World Open Qualifiers. That's, what, that's the term. Having something in between those two will make a huge, huge difference. Um in being able to get more players in, um, especially if there's different prize support at each of those different levels. Like if there's something um, at the store levels that gets you by at regionals or walks, and then so on and so forth into worlds. Um, I think those things could make a big difference. But that's all speculation. Right? Not just speculation, it's something that's out of our control. So how do we as players, how do we grow our local communities? Well, um, I decided to do a little bit of research on it, um, just in growing board gaming communities in general, uh, in things that we can do. Now, I will tell you as a TO... Uh, as someone who's been doing this in the local San Diego community since, I think, 2018 or 19, uh, probably closer to 19, um, I'm a little burned out on always being the guy to come up with all this stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really trying not to be, but there's a lot of transitions and stuff that are going on in my life this year that make TOing not TOing difficult, but community growth difficult for me. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're in the local San Diego area, please help me, right? Help me grow the community um, by stepping up and helping me run events, that kind of thing. 
So what what can you do? I've I've been blabbing on and on, uh, but seriously, what can you do to grow your local community? And the first thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to set what's called a SMART goal. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with what a SMART goal is, it is, and give me just a second to uh, load this up, it's a specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely goal. So saying something like, I want to grow the X-Wing community is not a SMART goal. Saying something more like, I would like to grow the X-Wing community at my store by four people um, in the next three months, right? That is a SMART goal, and I think that's the first thing that you have to do. And then you have to be able to stick with it and kind of adjust, move, those kind of things. Now, once you have your goal in mind, you're going to want to foster interaction and collaboration amongst the community. So that means you're going to need to be active on social media, whether that's Discord, Facebook, wherever, any or all of those, in order to reach your community. And you might have to start at your store to see if there are people who might be might have seen the game being played uh, who might be interested. Um, most of us who have been playing for a while have a huge collection of stuff. Just make that available to new players so they don't have to take the financial burden of something that they may or may not like. That's, that's always, like, you get buyer's remorse when you buy things if you don't know if you're going to like them or not. And X-Wing, uh, because of how it's set up and because there's no easy way to get to 20 points um, with how the packs are set up, which is a good thing, mind you. Um, I can go into that a little bit later if I remember. But um, providing lists and ships talking to people who might be interested in the game, helping them build out a list, and then bringing that in the next time so they can fly it so they don't have to um, financially dive into the game. That That's a small little thing that you can do um, that can help grow your community. So the next thing is create opportunities for growth and development. Um, so this could be uh, features on things that people dislike or like about the game, a little bit of feedback from newer players. That kind of stuff helps. Also, pointing them to the larger X-Wing community as a whole, there's a lot of discords out there um, that have all kinds of information on X-Wing, from list building to strategies to things like that. Uh, Pointing these new players in that is going to be big for helping grow your local community. The next thing you can do is increase visibility and reach of new audiences. How are you going to do this? Well, the easiest way is social media, right? Discord is probably the the single easiest thing to do, but also the other uh, social media platforms out there, 
Facebook, things like that. And then talking to your local store and finding ways to help grow the community within the store. The store may have its own Discord and you may be able to do something in there. Um, But talk with the store and see what you can do. Uh, I know that my particular uh, friendly local game store, uh, TC Rockets, is all about trying to grow the X-Wing community. Um, So work with them. Right? Come up with some different ideas. Um, And this is going to kind of go into our, our next thing, which is create engaging content. Um, there's lots of different ways to play X-Wing, but the most standard one that we're used to is the 26, right? 20 points, 6 obstacles, uh, 4 scenarios. Um, gosh, just in my head, I'm like, that's 264 X-Wing. I might start calling it that. Um, but anyway... Um, or 2064. Blah, my brain. Sorry, you guys have to deal with that. But, um, anyway, is create engaging ways to bring people to the game. Most of the time, people are going to walk by as you're playing that 2064 game. But invite them other things. Like, one of the things that helps always helps grow in our community TC Rockets as we do Aces High. Right? We and usually what I'll do for Aces High is I'll put everything together in my kit, bring it in, so all you have to do is show up. Templates and damage deck is and dice are recommended but not needed because I have everything that you're gonna need. Because we can share templates, we can share dice, all that stuff, and we just play and have a good time. Another thing, like, and I keep forgetting about this because it really brought me into the game, is X-Wing Mario Kart. It's so much fun if you've never played it, and it really helps reinforce the core mechanics of selecting your maneuver, maneuvering around obstacles, around other ships. It really reinforces all of that. And it's a lot of fun because it's just a silly way to play the game. All right. Um, We've already talked about the next one, which is establishing multiple platforms for your gaming community. Um, Utilizing social media platforms. uh, Host events and contests. Right. Uh, League is a good way to kind of get those more experienced players in there. But just regular monthly events will help grow the game kind of go a little bit more into that um, and have different aspects of the game to kind of help build that. And then develop partnerships with other communities and streamers. So a lot of times, like Legion is a perfect example of work with the Legion folks because they may be interested in X-Wing and X-Wing players might be interested in Legion. Um and kind of that, that cross back and forth. And then it can also help set up so you're not overlapping game days and fighting for the t- same table space. And then the, um, the next thing uh, is retaining your community members. Learn what it is that new players want to do and help them do that. Right? Have that, have that communication. 
encourage the interaction and collaboration. Then create rewards and incentives. One of the things that I was kind of bummed about is, is TCs ended up um, losing a box of uh, price support that, that we had. And, and, you know, that happens. Um, I'll slowly start building it up again. But that's just stuff that we can give new players as they show up that kind of helps bring them into the game. And then as some other things, um, you know, make sure that you're honest with yourself and your community about why you're trying to build it. Um, remember why you started playing the game and the ups and downs of it and help build from there. And then the last thing is just be open and honest about what it is you're trying to do, um, what your goals are, whether your goals are actually obtainable, and pivot from there. Don't don't just scrap an idea because it's not working. Maybe pivot. Maybe your initial smart goal might have been that grow um, the community by four players in six months. Maybe that might have been your original goal, but maybe that's not feasible based on a whole bunch of different things. So maybe you put that down to grow by two players or grow by one player. Um, but just something that is a smart goal that you can keep with and go on. All right. I think that about covers uh, growing the community. What are your thoughts on it? What other ideas do you have on growing the community? Let me know in the Discord. Okay, now that I've rambled on about that enough, let's talk about LVO. LVO is coming up. By the time you listen to this podcast, I will be uh, one day away from traveling to LVO. So let's talk about what I'm going to do for prep. All right, I've already got my list. I'm going to print it out. Um have a couple different copies, one available for the TO and Marshall, excuse me, so they can keep the list, and then another available for my opponent to look at. I'll make sure I have all my cards set up and ready to go, have all my ships and dials set up and ready to go. Um, if I remember, I'm going to bring a water bottle, uh, that's important, as well as some snacks. Um, this is important, I think, when you're playing. Um, just because, and I don't know, this might just be me, but I tend to get hungry when I get nervous. Um, so having a snack on hand can sometimes help um, alleviate some of those nerves. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. Now, keep in mind, um, generally coming before a tournament, I would be playing a lot more than I actually am. Um, so... Uh, this this is going to be a little bit weird because I'm going on uh, probably uh, maybe two to three games in the last month, maybe month and a half that I've actually played. So this is going to be a little bit of a dry spell. Uh, don't have any expectations for LVO, but I'm going to take the list that got me an invite and hopefully I can do well with it. Um, I'm playing Saturday. Uh, we'll be there Friday afternoon, evening-ish. Um, just check things out, see how they go. Um, 
Okay, that's LVO. Do we want to talk about Battle of Endor leaks? Uh, we know some of the ones that are going to be out there. I think some of these are going to be very, very good. Um, okay, so let's look at um, Colonel Jendon. Colonel Jendon's pilot ability reads, While you defend, if you are not shielded, you may change one of your blank results to a focus result. So that could potentially be huge, especially with the chassis engineer, which is the chassis ability, or the sorry, the shifts engineering, which is after you fully execute a speed three to five maneuver, you may perform a target log action. While attacking, if you are not stressed, you may spend one shield to apply the range one bonus. So you could do a four die range two shot for a shield, which could potentially be... Um, very bad. Um, we've got for the uh, ship's actions, we have focus, we have evade linked red barrel roll, we have a target lock, we have a barrel roll, and we have a boost. For the uh, EPTs, the elite pilot talents, we have no escape, which is after you or while you perform a primary attack. If there are more friendly ships and other enemy ships at range 0 to 1 of the defender, you may reroll one of your blank results. We have push the limit, which is after you fully execute a red maneuver or perform a red action. If you are not strained, you may gain one strain token to remove one stress token, which is huge, huge. So think about that. You could... Barrel roll into evade. Uh, or I'm sorry, evade into a barrel roll and then take a strain token to remove the stress. That's potentially huge. He's also rocking proton cannons, which we know what they do. And then he's got computer assisted handling, which is one charge, non recurring. After you fully execute a maneuver, you may spend one charge to perform a boost or barrel roll action. So, uh, one time per game, you get afterburners, basically. But afterburners better because you can do the barrel roll action. So, I think that's pretty neat. Next one, we've got Tycho Kelchu. Tycho reads, while you, while you are disarmed, you can still perform missile attacks. When you perform a missile attack while designed, roll, disarmed, roll a maximum of four dice. His ability, or his ship chassis ability, is vectored cannons. During the system phase, you may perform a red boost or reload action. You can rotate your turret indicator only to your front or rear arcs. Also, his, um, gosh, talents are focus, linked, red, reload. Sorry, that was a focus... Uh, a boost or rotate action. Gosh, oh, I can't read today. Um, so focus linked red reload. Evade, target lock, barrel roll, or boost into a red evade. His pilot abilities or pilot talents are while defending, if there are more other friendly ships than enemy ships at range 0 to 1, you may reroll one of your blank results. He also carries juke, which we know what that does. 
He has proton rockets for his missiles, and he has chaff particles, which is while defending, you may spend one focus result at the end of the neutralized result steps to remove one red or orange token. So, pretty interesting there. All right, Lando Calrissian. Uh, and Colonel Jenden, by the way, was a six. Tycho was a five. Lando is a five. And I think this is bonkers. Uh, Lando has two charges, non-recurring. We'll read about what those do here in a minute. But basically, at the start of the activation phase, you may spend one charge. If you do, choose initiative value from one to six. You activate at that initiative this phase. That's huge. That's that's bonkers good. And you can do it twice a game. For the uh, chassis ability, we see high stakes. After you perform a red action, you may roll an attack die. On a hit or quit result, remove one stress. That's also big. Considering, here's his actions. He's got... A white focus, white target lock, white evade, red boost, white rotate, red coordinate into a red focus. Man, that's that's huge that you could potentially red coordinate someone, roll an attack die, remove the stress, red focus, then remove the stress again. <laughs> For the talents, we see ace in the hole, two charges, non-recurring. At the start of the engagement phase, you may spend one charge and gain one jam token to perform a barrel roll action. That's big. It's a trap. While defending, if there are more other friendly ships than enemy ships at range 0 to 1, you may reroll one of your blank results. You've got 9 num because, of course, decrease the ability of your bank maneuvers. Arian Kraken is the gunner. After defending, if the attack hit, you may gain one deplete token to perform a bonus primary attack against the target, uh, the attack targeting the attacker. So a nice little double tap in there. And then the Millennium Falcon title while attacking or defending. If you have a non-lock red or orange token, you may re-roll one die. Um, wow. Jeez. Um, this could be potentially bonkers next to double tap Han. Um, all right. And then the other two that we see, uh, are two intercept, well, two interceptors, yep. So the first one is an I-1 Sapphire 2, unique, one pipped. Uh, pilot ability reads, while defending, if you are focused, roll one additional defense dice. So four die, three health interceptor. Uh, that's pretty bonkers. Sensitive controls is the, uh, chassis ability, and we see a focus evade, Barrel roll and boost all white. For the talents, we see no escape while you perform a primary attack. If there are more friendly ships than other enemy ships at range 0 to 1 of the defender, you may reroll one of your blank results. And reckless, while you perform a red boost or red barrel roll action, you may use the one hard left or right template. If you do roll an attack die on a uh, hit or crit gain a stress token. So you could potentially be double stress, but a one hard barrel roll sounds bonkersly fun. Um, it's also running prime thrusters, so you can do those barrel rolls or boosts even if you have uh, extra stressed or extra stress tokens. And then he's got targeting matrix, which is while you while attacking, you may spend one focus result at the end of the neutralized result step. If you do the attack after the attack is resolved. 
the defender gains a strain token. And then the last one that we'll talk about is Suntir Fell. And his pilot ability reads, after you perform an attack, you may spend one, you have two charges non-recurring, to gain one deplete token to boost or barrel roll. Suntir is also rocking sensitive controls. Same actions as the other one. Um, Suntir's ability... Uh, Apex Predator, while you perform a primary attack, if the defender's initiative is lower than yours, you may re-roll one attack die. And then the no escape, while you perform a primary attack, if there are more friendly ships than other enemy ships at range 0 to 1 of the defender, you may re-roll one of your blank results. For the sensor slot, he's rocking blank signature, one charge recurring. While defending, if you are not locked by the attacker, you may spend one charge to change one of your blank or focus results to an evade result. So just uh, always, if you're not locked, you get that extra eyeball conversion because that's one charge recurring. That's kind of neat. Then he's got feedback emitter, one charge. This is after an object acquires a lock on you. You may spend one charge to jam that object, ignoring range restrictions. This upgrades charges cannot be recovered. So I think the important part about that is it's a better uh, false transponder codes because it doesn't automatically trigger. You decide when to trigger it. And I think that's incredibly important. All right. So that's talking about... um, the battle over indoor. There's a couple of other uh, little pieces that go into there. You're actually attacking the Super Star Destroyer, uh, which I think is kind of neat. Um, but that's due to be released February 23rd, 2024. So should be legal for Worlds, which is going to change a whole bunch of things. All right, and at that, I think we're going to call this the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Let's head into our last segment. If you've made it this far, thank you very much for your time. It means a lot to me. Please consider leaving a review however you consume this podcast. It lets other people know why they should listen and tell your friends. Thank you to our patrons who without this podcast would not be possible. As you know, I like to end each episode with a question. And this week's question is... How do you plan on growing your local community? This is Sailor Joe, signing off. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to.